0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Reader MF Book Podcast. I'm your host Tay 2.0, joined here by my beautiful friend Italy.
1: Hi, everyone. My name's Italy, and I'll be on this week's episode. Hopefully, it'll be interesting. I don't want to be boring. So <laughs> I'll try to keep it juicy and <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna be calling her Ita throughout the night, but yeah, I, I can do I, that. I, I don't have
1: the name Italy no more. Once I came to. Process, they
0: renamed to me so <laughs> yes we were like eh, we like it <laughs> okay so y'all we're going to kick it off per usual with our game night and uh me and Italy chose some song trivia for you guys and you know we got to narrow it down to a category so we chose some early 90s 2000s R&B mate yes only the best decade ever yes so. so I'm not going to be singing anything because I'll
1: <laughs> give the melody away. So I'm just going to talk it out. And because you know every freaking song. I'm
2: just-
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, you want me to go first? Yes, you can go first.
2: Okay, so.
1: Headed up to here. I made the choice today. See, one of us will be leaving. Right now, I ain't going to say.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: And I know you know this. <laughs> well, let me know if you need a little bit more. I'll give you one more line.
0: Okay, I need one more. You say you didn't
1: go out, which probably
0: helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Okay.
0: I, I need a little melody.
2: If I give you the melody, you don't
1: know it. Okay. Um, Where did I stop? I know there was a lie. The neighbor said they saw you last night. <laughs> you still don't know that? I
0: have no idea. Little
1: Mo, tada!
0: Oh, okay. I've literally... No. No. No? No. I don't... I mean, you know... I know your ass was going to do that. I was like, let me... Because the other ones I picked were
1: just too damn easy. I'm like, oh, no. Let me okay. go find something that... She probably know, but she'll have to think on this a little bit.
0: Okay. Because, I um, mean, like, had you said Superwoman or, you know? I was
1: listening to Superwoman, actually, in the car. <laughs> okay. But I knew you knew that too easily. I bet you would know that really easily. So I didn't want to be too obvious. Mm. Okay.
2: I got it wrong, so it's your turn again. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see screenshot it. Okay,
1: you should know this one. Okay. Then we started singing them. They said it sounded smooth, and we started a group and here we are, kicking it just for you. 90s boy bands.
0: 90s boy bands?
1: Black, though.
0: (laughs) Black Street.
1: Not Black Street.
0: Jodeci.
1: Ooh, I should have did Jodeci, because I love Jodeci, but no.
0: Okay, I have no idea. You're stumping me. What?
1: Motown Philly by Boys to Men. What is it? Motown
0: Philly. Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Okay. okay. Okay, so first of all, I love Boys to Men. Me but, too. That's but, what I thought but did. But, Mo- like... but Motown Philly was just the one song that I couldn't get jiggy with.
1: Really? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, um something else on bended knee or something
0: yeah i would have been all with. okay you want me to go again or are you
1: gonna go kick my ass someone
0: kick your ass I, <laughs> i'm gonna go and i must say i'm like i guess this is i'm sure this is not a real term but i'm like an album goofy so no, no 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 the the other word i'm a single goofy so i love a album but if you do those popular singles i'm like oh yeah i know that yeah. but anyway okay so you're probably gonna get this a meeting. let's see I'm standing here alone trying to face another day. You gotta stay strong hmm, to endure this pain. Damn! <laughs> I gotta say, I'm there, I to I to endure this
2: pain. Am I, okay, I'm about to be like, am I a girl? Am I a girl?
1: <laughs> Damn. Okay, yeah, just talk this shit out because I'm here. I alone. can keep going. Give me some
0: more. Okay, some more. I'm dealing with right now. It flipped my whole life upside down. Oh, I'm real fucked up now. I don't. No. <laughs> I don't want your help. I don't need your sympathy. No. Is that um okay? Something, woman. Right? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know.
0: This is none other than half of tg Fo, which is Gene, Wine, and Tyrese. R.L. and Case, Best Man. Oh, damn. I would
1: have never thought. I would have never thought. That's not a song I listen to regularly.
0: Yeah. And
2: I listen
1: to a lot of the 90s R&B all the time. Damn near every day. I
0: I love, I love. One, because I I love this movie.
1: I forgot about that song.
0: That movie and that soundtrack.
1: Oh my god. Okay, now I gotta go back.
2: The
0: whole the soundtrack's good? The first basic Hell game? yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um let's see. There's no reason you're probably gonna get this in a because I believe you love. Okay. Uh-huh. Well if it baker. <laughs> 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 That's the only thing I'm getting
2: immediately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Uh there's no reason why. I fell asleep late last night, crying like a newborn child.
2: Yes, I do. Too.
0: Holding myself close, pretending my arms are yours. I
1: know this, and I feel like a damn idiot.
0: I want no one but you. I know. I know this.
2: Oh, my God. I'm
1: going to run down the damn street if I am not get this <laughs>
0: This is hard when we say, okay, who is it? Let me sing it. Okay. There's no reason why I fell asleep late last night. Crying like a newborn child, holding myself. Okay. Uh, Janet. Yes. First and foremost, I stand for Janet. This is, yes.
1: I'm crying. It's unacceptable.
0: <laughs> yes. For Janet stand.
1: Yes. Okay. Oh my God! When Margaret hears this, she's gonna be so disgusted.
0: <laughs> 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 okay. So I mean, we stumped each other two for two.
1: Okay. Do should we go another yes. round, or should we give it up because we're
0: trash? We okay. Let's let's do one more. I, I I like a challenge.
1: Okay. Cool. Clearly, I got all the challenge over here. <laughs> um. Okay. I know some stuff is just gonna be too damn difficult. Let Okay, let me take off all your clothes. <laughs> Just the phone so nobody knows. Let me light a candle so we can do it better. Making love until we drown.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: It's going to be one of the most end of the club <laughs>
2: um,
1: black ass
0: songs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Outside of Frankie, uh, Frankie Beverly and Maze, before I let you go, it's like one of those that you hear at Black Shit all the time.
0: Okay, I'm depressed because I have no idea.
1: <laughs>
0: Ooh, oh. sexual. You would, you would know lyrics, lyrics.
1: You know, I had to look for some of them because I had to look for second verses because if I would have did first verse and saying you would have known. Okay. I was trying to stop you a little bit. mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if we get this one. Let's see if we both um, bad and zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, you spoil me, girl, like a child. When you're not here, I can't even smile. I can't think without you. My mind is always with you. It's amazing what you do to keep me falling in love with you.
2: I do know this. Uh,
1: that's like I know everything that you're saying, but I just can't.
0: Sing the melody. Um, you spoil me, girl, like a child. When you're not here, I can't even smile. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
2: proper you, Jodeci. Yes. yes.
0: Finally. Finally. Yes. Okay, that was tough. I I love jealousy, so that's probably why I
1: got one. helped.
0: <laughs> That was fun. Okay. But the whole beginning be a fly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Finally ended in success. So now guys we're gonna move on to our book of the week. And it uh brought up me before we. Never read a, never read it, but I've heard of it. And so I'm gonna just let It lead the way.
1: So choosing me before we, um, the actual title says choosing me before we every woman's guide to life and love, and pretty much a old coworker of mine had um, recommended that I read this book. So just a little bit of background: I was engaged before it fell apart, and move so I was picking up my life trying to you know regroup all of that so she had a similar situation she didn't have to move or anything but she, she was engaged before and it fell apart so she told me to read this book before I was interested in getting another relationship so basically the book um, is by Christine Aurelio um, she changed her last name so um, it's spelled A-R-Y-L-O anybody wants to go look for it. But she pretty much talks about in the book the pre the, it's the same premise. She was with the man for like ten years or something and she was just with a lot. It was a lot of times that their relationship like wouldn't work. But she kept on with the relationship. He proposed to her and the day up there in um their title um dinner, he broke up with
0: her. Wow.
1: So she was pretty much um, ignoring stuff the whole time, you know, just like women do. So in this book, she just kind of tells a lot of the mistakes that she made and a lot of the things that she did to heal herself from that. So she has these little things called me reflection. So if you're a person who would like just to go through a book, um, I don't know if it'll be for you because you will have to do
2: like little journaling exercises and stuff. Some Ayala ass shit when you're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> but um, one of the best
1: exercises, and I pulled it up, that I felt like she uh, had um, that she uh, wrote about was. She said have you ever tried to change your man and she pretty much asks you to write out the different ways that you've tried to change someone and then she asks you when have you lied to yourself about trying to fix a man covering up your attempts by calling him something else like helping, loving, or saving him from himself and I realized when I did that exercise that that was the epitome of shit I did like my ex I mean no need to trash him Um, he's my child but he was making his (laughs) hands up and just crappy I would try to be like, well, he had a hard upbringing, or he just doesn't know how to express himself emotionally and things like that, instead of just calling it what like, it was emotional abuse. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was physical, but it was like just emotional and just verbal. He was verbally abusive at times, and I tried to smooth that shit over like it wasn't that, but it was definitely that. So this book has been helping a lot. Um, I've been reading it off and on, doing the exercises, and it's just helping people. Realize where I went wrong in the situation, taking responsibility for the things that I did. Because regardless of how crappy whatever man it uh, that you deal with versus or what he did to me, yeah, So, really good book for women who need to heal from uh, you
2: know relationship trauma.
0: That's I think that's really um, that's good. That's good. It's um, I always feel like it's necessary work, you know. When yeah. you one is just necessary, it might even be helpful for people who just just want to get some more in- insight into themselves in general. You don't necessarily yeah. have to be going through any breakup or trauma, because I feel like a lot of times we don't necessarily seek out resources or tools until we get into trouble, right? But exactly. there's nothing wrong with doing the work beforehand, you know. Yeah. I've-
1: She does do a lot of um, exercises in the book where she just teaches women how to trust their intuition more, uh, have have it in your mind of loving yourself more before you even enter into a situation. So you might not necessarily be breaking up with anybody, but it's important that you are solid and who you are as a woman, especially we're coming of age 30 or whatever when a lot of people want to get married and start thinking about having families and stuff Mm -hmm. like that if you haven't already started. In my case I had my daughter when I was twenty one, so now um, I have to be a role model <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah. But you know, entering any relationship post her father, you know, I don't want her to experience all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So I have to make sure that I understand what I want and you know, what value what my values
2: and standards are, you know, in a partner. So
0: yeah.
2: It's really good.
0: Yeah. And it's just I think just a good reminder to just do the work within ourselves. Because it's like no matter whether it be romantic relationships, um, professional, family, whatever, we gotta do the work within ourselves to have successful relationships. First and foremost with ourselves, because if we don't really know, um, who we are and what we like and enjoy, um, you know, if we can't understand why we might respond to things the way we do or what puts us into certain situations, um, it's so easy to blame other people you know and it's so i I always appreciate or um yeah i always appreciate a reminder to look within because that's where everything starts yeah because uh
1: uh, one thing that i was realizing when i was reading this book is my emotional response i know my friends probably think it's hilarious but i will go off and mm -hmm. it was just like yeah so I had to start really understanding why I go Yeah, on.
2: yeah.
1: Because, you know, a lot of situations can occur in a relationship where you can be upset and express that frustration and kind of just, you know, take a break or whatever you need to do, go for a walk. But I'm the type of person, uh, well, historically, I've been the type of person who I'm going to get mad. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to curse you out. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, and I'm going to escalate this situation more than what it needs to be. Yeah. So, um, I started to realize that my part in the situation, regardless of how crazy it is sometimes, because sometimes yeah. crazy stuff, and, you know, rightfully you get upset, but it's not right to pretty much just go out on a full-fledged tangent, and then you feel like crap afterwards. Yeah,
0: explode. <laughs> you yeah. your whole
1: ass. So it's been. that's was a wake up call for me. Like I don't want to go into another relationship, just acting a damn fool and pretty much breaking down the man because I'm upset. Because you break down that same man that you're gonna wake up the next day with, mm. and you know that's just a cycle that I just
2: don't
0: want to see in future relationships. Yeah, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so me before me. Ah, excuse me. What is it? Choosing me before we. Yes. And mm-hmm. what's the author's name again?
1: Christine Arillo, so it's A-R-Y-L-O. Um, that's A R Y L O. Um, that's the fanatic, okay. <laughs> uh, because of all the crazy stuff that's been going on in Chicago, she has stuck to her guns about the whole Jesse Smollett story, and all the police chiefs have been like protesting against her, and she's not she's sticking up for what uh, her, you know, what. And let him have this alternative sentencing and I believe she
2: should, you know, get a break. <laughs> Just mm. personally.
0: Kim Fox. And you said she does what, boo?
2: She's the
1: um uh, the US district attorney for uh, Chicago.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jesse smiled, whole another topic, right?
1: Yeah, I mean we can talk about it if you want to <laughs> But um and who else is Black Girl Magic? Oh, of course our girl Marseille
0: Martin. Yes. I said little yet. Yes. I saw it Sunday, loved it. Um, Marseille is fourteen, executive producer out here, and just killed it. Regina Hall was hilarious, which I love. Someone on my um Instagram posted like an old clip of Regina doing um uh, a press interview for when they were promoting Think Like a Man. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. and she was just hilarious, and I'm just like, yes, let's give Regina her flowers. Hilarious. Yeah, let's
1: give her her flowers because I don't believe that people. Uh, she's hilarious, and she's a great actress, and I don't think she gets the amount of praises that she should. It's a shame that Regina King is finally getting an Oscar. You yes, know, But yeah. I'm like, R- uh, Regina has been hilarious
0: forever. Like, yeah, she has. Love her. Um, Marseille killed it. Issa killed it. I was a little disappointed to hear Insecure only back until 2020.
1: I was like, what in the Game of Thrones is going on? Like, why is it taking so... I don't know. Maybe the episodes are extended beyond 30 minutes. And if that's the case, I can wait. But
0: if they sell 30, 40 minute episodes and we have to wait a whole extra year, I am going to be slightly salty. Yeah, I think... So, from what I read, the person, I guess, who's maybe like executive producing or whatever, Insecure, basically just said Issa Rae is a, a superstar, and she's got a bunch of movie roles that she's doing, and that's why she's tied up.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, I stand for Issa so extra. Like, I love Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, genuinely, I just wanted to see Insecure. Like, I plan on seeing it every, when is it
0: coming? Like, every summer, I think. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: at the end of summer. Is it the end of summer or
0: somewhere around it?
2: Yeah,
1: but <laughs> I plan on seeing it every summer and now I'm just like, okay, damn.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay.
1: Whatever. It should be extra good when she comes back. I'm assuming that she'll come up with some some crazy topics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: season three was it was good, but it wasn't as crazy as the other seasons. Am am I alone on that?
0: No, that's true. But I think uh I think it would have been more so if um, Issa and Lawrence had more contact. But I think that was her point. And uh, somebody had tweeted something like, someone from the show, like, y'all put up with y'all toxic exes. We don't. And I was like, read. <laughs> like Because people wanted to see more interactions. But that's always I had- good. I just needed, I,
2: mean, I don't know. I just needed more.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywho, moving on to some black boy joy. And um, first we're going to start out by, I mean, I don't know if you can call this, it's joy slash sadness, right? Because we're celebrating his life, but also just mourning him no longer being with us in the body. None yeah. other than Nipsey Hussle. Now myself, I was not a super fan of Nipsey Hussle. Not yeah. on the front, but its it doesn't even matter, right? It's just, it's touching us all. Yeah. and it feels like you know if i guess if we had to compare him to anybody people compare him to tupac right and i think yeah. he even referred to himself as like this generation's tupac somebody who's like in the streets but a businessman super intelligent super like just spiritual and just a good guy all around a good father and, and i don't know soon be husband whatever um it's it's just a great loss and. I'm really enjoying going back looking at all of his old interviews and watching his videos and things like that and learning more about him and just all of the principles that he stood for. And um I was telling my boyfriend, actually, um, how learning more about him kind of changed my views on, like, gang culture, right? Because when you hear about somebody being from a gang or whatever I don't know I guess for me like when you grow up in a hood you know you always just talk stay away from that you know don't yeah. don't have nothing to do with gangs blah 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 but I'm just like oh they ain't bad you know and I think like I mean, uh, like yeah it's to me that
1: I had that viewpoint of like gang culture that's in like our generation right. I didn't feel that way about the previous generations because they exemplified a different type of man that
2: okay. was in
0: yeah. Yeah. But I agree 100% with that. Yeah, and it also it made me think about how um, Killer Mike on his Netflix show how he referred to the gangs as nothing more than just street fraternities. And yeah. that's what that's kind of the thing that I'm seeing now as I like learn more about who Nipsey Hussle was and what he stood for, um about that brotherhood and just giving back to his community and lifting up and all of that. Um it's sad as hell. But he had a beautiful, beautiful home going celebration. I love that they had it in the Staples Center and everybody was keeping it (laughs) 1000 with all of the stories that they were telling about him cussing and stuff, you know, but still had that spiritual aspect and just celebrating his life. And that was dope. I think it's just sad that, of course, always where everyone say that he had to die to get, to get shown this much love, or at least in public, right? Yeah, it's scary to me that, you know, it's so
2: many different things that we have to think about when it comes to uh, the black males, and you know, you could think
1: about like, oh, what if he gets stopped by the police and something goes around? Or what if he's out here on the street and something goes around? Yeah. And it was just, I mean, I knew Ben. I don't <clears throat> like I said, I didn't I know much about Nipsey Hussle. I I didn't have any uh background info on him really. But the only thing I had heard about him was people was up in an uproar when he was talking about homosexuality in the black males. But I just pushed that off because you know everybody's entitled to their opinion but um i did like one thing that i keep saying on like instagram and how they broke down how he's uh pretty much put so much money into the black community so they're breaking down like his black economic uh structure pretty much and how he put money here there, there and third it, and it was pretty dope to see i'm like this man invested a lot in the community so i think he should be commended think about man i pretty much feel like anyone who's Sewing into his community, taking care of his children, yeah. um, like he was, and loving his woman like he was, should be, you know, should be respected. And Absolutely, respect him as a man. It's a shame that this man was killed overnight. It it, it really pissed me off. Right? Yeah, like, he was killed, and I'm just like,
2: really. So some hating ass shit took somebody away from their family. Yeah. And he was going to do something that was commendable. You know, yeah. he was
1: going to get closed for a friend who was coming out of uh, prison. And it's just like, damn! It could any little thing,
0: yeah. And
1: your man can be snatched from you, and now these children out here without their father. It's just, it's baffling.
0: Yeah. It's I was That's actually. Uh, I like lost shit because he's going to jail
2: now. I mean, any form of, you
1: know, he's in jail for the rest of his damn life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Will be. Yeah, and I was actually um out to eat with a friend a mutual friend of ours and i just was happened to be like on facebook and saw somebody post that he died and i was like what like immediately and our friend was like what happened i'm like just like not wanting to believe that it's true you know he's so young so much life ahead of him like recently grammy nominated and all of that Reaching like the pinnacle of his success, or so probably just the beginning, right? Because he had been like mostly independent prior to his recent deal. Yeah.
1: Then he had recently signed with Rock Nation, I believe.
0: It was Atlantic. Oh, Atlantic. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it Look, was it, Atlantic, but yeah. Yeah, but just it's just
2: it it it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is crazy. It's yeah. just like seems like who could hate
1: somebody? I mean, just from what I see. Like,
2: right. Yeah
1: so given, but you just never know what goes through people's mind, but I think it shine light on it. The um, trauma that black males, black people are you over know, but black males uh, that live in the, because it seems like violence is, like, the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, like, where was the conflict resolution between them? At one point, they were friends, and it's just... To me, mental health in the black community, especially when it comes to our black boys and helping them resolve issues a little bit better than what they're doing is like it's been important. But if this don't show you it's important as hell, I don't know what will, because a lot of black males are the same way over them, a disagreement that goes too far that they could have probably hashed out or just agree, like, I don't fuck with you, you don't fuck with me. Yeah. But people are in the mindset of, like, well, then if I don't get that nigga, that nigga don't get me. And yeah. I think they have to change that because something to change regarding that because too many black men are dying over
2: disagreements, quarrels. quarrels.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it, what you just said made me think about something Nipsey Hussle said in his interview with the Breakfast Club where he was kind of just giving some light on game culture, saying you know they you're in a mode of survival, and so when you come from poverty, when you come from the mud or whatever, you ain't thinking about what's right or wrong, you ain't thinking about morality, you're just thinking about survival, like he said if, if he don't if I don't get him, he's gonna get me type in yeah so
1: and it, it's it's sad to me that black males um have to live their life like they have to be hard. They have to be this and that. Yeah. I can't identify that with a, as a black woman. Hell, I was raised in the hood too, but I wasn't concerned about being hard and having a, a demeanor like you better not come over here and do nothing to you. I mean, that's not part of. It. So having to live my life like that, I don't know. Mm. That's that's some trauma.
0: Mm. I feel like for me that was kind of a part though. For me growing up, mm-hmm. not not um hard per se but so like you know when you're young let's say me and my little sister started taking the bus alone or whatever right when, yeah. we, when we were pretty young let see I was like 13 right Uh, chaperoning her and so I don't know I to me I always had an idea like let me not look friendly because I don't want anyone coming over here trying to talk to us you know or let me not look friendly because I want people to know don't mess with us type type attitude. Well, yeah, that's similar. Yeah, so but definitely my, not to the extent like you said for what yeah. black men.
1: I with me and my cousins used to ride the bus too because you know we lived in one neighborhood but we still went to school in our old neighborhood or whatever, yeah. so we can not catch the damn bus. And um, basically having to make sure like if other little kids were being rude to my little cousins having to be there to you know, pretty much like, get y'all <laughs> but Check that.
0: To be uh-huh. tough, or some other. You know, people be weird as hell in Chicago.
1: Right? Yeah, because it's different. I yeah. Think. But um, yeah, you do have to have some whatever demeanor. Like I will defend, you know, if necessary. Exactly. So I exactly.
0: Yeah. Girl. Yeah. But okay, enough with that. Um, I'm we celebrate Nipsey. I'm. I. I love. Learning about him and just seeing all the good that he's doing. So, I hope that we can all stay focused on, like they said, the marathon continues, keeping up with the movement of giving back to our communities, the movement of, uh, you know, being family men and women. Um, just all of that. Yeah. All of the the positive things that he stood for. And I talked to one of my
1: friends originally, and she was talking about the uh, Nipsey. It was the day of the funeral. I was like, you know, we need to make sure that we are empowering those men that we see in the communities that we call names because they ain't got nice shoes or they working at the Boys and Girls Club and they make $10, $11, but they trying to make a change in young men's life. Like, we need to make sure that we empower them and put them on the same pedestal. They might not have the financial uh, ability to give like a Nipsey Huss or whatever, but they sure donate their time. Their wisdom and they should be applauded for things that they do too. So I think that's super important, for sure. Because they in the neighborhoods for sure. Um, my Black Boy Joy was is short, <laughs> very short. Um, today is Chance's birthday, so the original Black Boy Joy. Happy birthday, <laughs>
0: Chance! <laughs> eh, eh, eh. That's me doing like his sound effects. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I love using Chance, but and also um, I will briefly um, that's the entertainment. That's just I won't. Get and tried to pronounce his real name but um burial of pojo a film that's on netflix I, i'm watching this week i heard people right now raving about it uh who's originally from ghana and i think any black man that who's created a whole film that made it to netflix with little to no uh, budget no production <laughs> you know budget like that or uh, anything just pretty much the uh, resources that he had, and so I will be, you know, texting you later to let you know how that is. But I think it should be mentioned. So people go out and watch that on Netflix,
0: okay? The bur- the burial of Kojo on Netflix, yes. Okay, moving on TV and film. So we brought up now, it do you watch Real High Size of Atlanta at all?
1: Um, I watch little clips online, historically, I've watched it. I'm uh, my- because I don't really watch TV, but I right. kind of know what's going on. I know enough to have this conversation.
0: Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> so, I mean. Portia, so, let me get that out there. I love Portia. Okay, yes. Team Portia. Team Candy. Team Shamari. Team Tanya. Um, right, okay, you fill me in, and then I'll give you my two cents, because I feel like it's a breakdown going on with NeNe, and I'm concerned for her whole ass mental health at this point. Okay. Okay. You know I just feel like and this is from me watching the show, right? I always get a little disclaimer. We don't know these people in real life. Okay. However, comma, I feel like Nene just shows her ass and expects the entire cast to kiss it repeatedly. Yes. And when that's not being done, it's a problem. So we on part two of the reunion and the big parts, right? yes three parts the biggest the big issue um so Kenya and Nini Kenya wasn't on this season at all yeah but Kenya and Nini supposedly had some kind of social media beef right okay um, that's the problem. okay i yeah. had no idea why she was so hot
2: about
0: it yeah and Cynthia had a party for her Seagram escapes Peach Bellini like the release or whatever right she invited Kenya but Kenya told her there's going to be filming, I'm not going to come. And Candy also reached out to Kenya and said you should come. It'll be great. Um you know, and Candy said in her own like YouTube video, she just felt like it wasn't right that the viewers would not get to see Kenya pregnant and all of that after following her journey for this long. Okay, okay. Yeah, so then Nini was pissed at the party. As soon as she saw Kenya, she called her a buffalo, like just a bunch You're of, a yeah, exactly, for like an eight month pregnant woman. But she was just doing a lot of snide comments, and basically Kenya paid her dust at the party, was there to celebrate Cynthia, as should everyone have been at the party, right? But then there was a phone call because they had like a sit down meeting, a big dramatic sit down with Tanya and Nini. On one side, which by the way, Nini has treated Tanya like shit the whole season. I
1: did see one episode. Yeah. where was
0: In what's that in Tokyo? Uh
2: huh. And she was just being a pure
0: jackass. I, I don't give that, a I don't give yeah. a fuck about Paul, her yeah, fiance. Exactly, yes, exactly. Thought, exactly. The line, yeah, that's exactly. That's so then she had, but then she had Tanya in her corner for this this little sit down. Um, Nini and Tanya on one side, Cynthia and Candy on the other side. Nini just basically. The whole thing, to make a long story short, Nene is pissed because she felt like Cynthia should have gave her a heads up that Kenya was going to be at the party. Mm -hmm. And Cynthia's whole thing is, which Candy is corroborating, that Kenya never told her she was coming. She said, no, she wasn't going to come because of filming. Then Candy says that Kenya did not tell her until she was like, hey, I'm outside. I decided to come. Mm -hmm. Let's walk in together. And there was a phone call recorded on the um the show, which the Okay. Pro- yes, I heard this. Yeah, place. the producers are hella shady for this. But Cynthia and Candy call each other. Cynthia's like, Hello, Candy's like, I'm Mike, a mic and then Cynthia's like, Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page about Kenya And so what they explained on part two of the reunion is that Cynthia was saying she wanted to make sure they were on the same page about who invited Kenya to the party. So Nene just feel like it was this whole plot and all of that, which I'm like, how is them bringing Kenya on the show gonna destroy you? You know, why would they be trying to start some beef between you and an eight month pregnant woman? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, what what is the scheme? What would be the goal? So to
1: me, that's just dumb. Even if you feel like somebody, I mean, you in control of
2: you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't
1: care nobody that friends don't no like. I mean, it's plain and simple. It ain't your shit. Like. It, that's like you inviting somebody to one of your gatherings that I don't want to I'm not going to be hot about it. I'm just going to not interact with them and be an adult and enjoy your party and, you know, give you your praises and That's it. go the fuck home. Like, I don't get it. All this co conspiring together to. I seen it. I seen that little clip and I did think the the clip was strange, but I'm like, I know how edits go.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So,
1: so, so it could be whatever. It's almost so crazy to me and like amped up that I feel like are you doing this for ratings or yeah it just, yeah it just literally makes zero sense to me yeah like, it's not your gathering
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know
1: that her other best friends and that's just don't interact you're
0: like, you're at not, a ven- you're at a venue like yeah. you go on one side she's on the other you never even like you said never even have to interact yeah
1: like it's that simple. I don't know how somebody nearly 50 don't understand that and you can understand it at 30. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So like you said, maybe it's just amped up for ratings.
1: Yeah, that was bizarre as hell to me. Her whole overall has been bizarre from like the stuff that I've seen on Instagram. You know, I follow like the Real Housewives and one the little I-page. It's not an official page, but you know, the post majority of the stuff that goes on and I follow. I was following you guys and Portia, but I just, some of the interaction between them just been random.
2: Yeah.
1: Period. So I'm just like, oh my goodness, this cur- this show is getting out of control to the point where I don't even think they'd be
2: able to film. Like y'all defense so hard, is it going to be a show anymore? That's because, true. You know <laughs> what other shows like that? Um, Jersey was like that to the point where it was just it was just too messy. Yeah. 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 And this 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 show has gotten to this that point, I believe.
0: Yeah. Okay, moving on to. Um, I think we can move on to the final section. Okay, so we went a little over. And I so don't have a, a time frame or anything, but
1: so far as career, my career has been a roller coaster ride. Right still one, but I feel nothing but empowered to share this with you know a little bit of everyone. So if you feel that you have a little bit of your life, and you know that you're not alone. So, so far as academically, I started off at a beautiful HBCU with my bachelor's in political science. Then I went to um, go get my master's in economics. So I was super stoked to get that um, that degree because I felt like not only was it so damn difficult, I got through it. I feel like it would catapult me into uh, like a great life into you know analytics and. I'd be working in STEM and I'd just be that bitch, you know. <laughs> so, um, after graduating grad school, I moved to North Carolina and my first job from grad school was, uh, I was able to secure a job with a larger, I would just say a larger company as a data analyst. And when I got there, it started off pretty good, but, um, it was an all male, all, all Japan, all Japanese uh, atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it was very difficult for me because I'm not conservative, nor am I white, <laughs> so <laughs> it was very difficult for me to um, interact with them. And I was, I became very unhappy. Um, people were very critical of every little thing that I did. And by the time I was leaving that job, they were telling me that everything I was doing was wrong. But when I was moving, they wanted all the work that I. Had. Had done, mm.
2: so I felt very discouraged about being
1: in the field because what I noticed is it is very dominated and it is not the most culturally diverse, uh, you know, type of field. So I, I second guessed if I was good enough to be in that field, and you know, and I just thought about how I could supersede expectations, and that pressure on me just made me crumble. So I just. Kept went into a cave and just didn't want to fuck with it uh for a while so after that i started teaching after a little stint of joblessness we'll say um i was like i need a damn job and i was living in north carolina at the time and the job market is fucking trash so i got a job as a teacher so going into it i didn't really know what to expect i was a middle school teacher about social studies which was great for me because um they kinda based it off your career. So with economics I could have taught math, but they had math teaching, whatever. So political science was the equivocal to social studies. So
2: okay. that's how I to teacher.
1: And um I love history, like big time. So I was like, Okay, shit, I could do this. I it's not really much of me looking at lesson plans and shit like that. They create the uh They create
2: it for you. You pretty much pick out your assignments. I'm like, I'm dumb as fuck. These kids, black,
1: Latino and Latina, just Latinx community, period. You know, I'll be able to relate. And we can get some shit done. So I went in, and when I first got there, it was in the inner city. So the kids had went the first half of the uh, school year with the substitute that they hated. Mm. So they were very happy to get a teacher, but their behavior was fucking trash. Mm. So as soon as I got there, it was like an immediate uh, reprogramming. Like y'all got me fucked up, huh. so we had to go through a couple of weeks. Like the first three or four weeks was rough. Like I had to be a straight hood rat from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> no, like if you think you about to come up here with this fuck shit, like we know. I had kids come to class high, and I was like, you know what? I'm calling the motherfucking law. You coming up in here? <laughs> and it was like, really? I'm like. I'm straight up telling the truth. But it was like a running joke around that bitch, but it was the truth. that's like, don't play with Miss Right now, she's from Chicago. She got on his And I had to <laughs> be ratchet beyond what I am truly ratchet. What grades what
0: grades was it, bro This is 8. so okay.
1: they were like 13, 14 hell, so I'm fifteen. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I had kids bigger than me. I had girls that were sexually active. I had girls that you know, their mama had six kids or whatever. But they end up becoming such a blessing to me because it was just like we understood each other. I, my mother was a great mother, don't get me wrong, but I grew up in the hood. So I understood all that fuddy-duddy shit that came to the classroom sometimes. And I'm not going to say all black kids need tough love but they need somebody that's going to be firm and they need somebody that's going to be tender with them at the same time. And I believe that I gave them that balance because when it was time to just relax, I knew how like, I could tell some of my students were dealing with shit at home. And they would
2: yeah.
1: come we would talk and I, you know, bring them stuff and they didn't use me or nothing, but some of them just needed an outlet. I had a girl who just had a terrible uh, family structure. and She used to come and talk to me on my breaks. So I'd skip my lunch just so we can talk and mm. she could feel better. You know, she didn't want to go to the counselor cause she felt like it was, it wasn't nothing. Yeah. But it was it was really a good thing i mean i end up um, leaving north carolina that's why i did leave that job um, and ultimately i do want to be a professor like that's my ultimate goal but okay. teaching is a rewarding job if you really care about your students you know m- many people go into a classroom and don't give a fuck and just get a uh, a damn check but that was not the case for me yeah um <clears throat> teaching okay so then i moved to north carolina currently i work for the state um nothing special just working <laughs> 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 nothing special at all working while i um i did do an internship course down here as a public policy um, analyst for the chamber um, of commerce that was pretty interesting it was really good i'm happy it's over because it was pretty much project based
2: okay. and i was
1: tired of uh, doing the fucking projects
2: yeah
1: um uh, you know, but it's ba- basically me researching policy stuff and doing data analytics for it, which I love. Um, but yeah, so my ultimate goal, so I can put that in, uh, so you can understand that my ultimate goal is to do data analyst work. I'm back at the point where I'm not, um, I'm not dealing with the bullshit. You know, I'm going to go in a company, and I know that I'm capable. Yeah. Have the skills and uh, and I know I paid for a second degree that is not just gonna sit on my damn mom's table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I do that for maybe seven years or so, um, I hope to be a professor of economics. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just want people to know that
2: career. Some people should come. You know,
1: wrapped up in a pretty bowl. Some people take a little shit job every once, you know, at the beginning, and then they ultimately be able to get into their field and do good work. I mean, if that's your story, that's amazing. Yeah. But that's everybody's fucking story. Some people struggle. Some people have to stop school, stop at school. Some yeah. people can afford it. Some people go get a degree, and can't find a damn job doing that. Um, don't, you know, give up on your damn self when it comes to your career. You have to keep pushing, because it is yeah, it's going to be some transition sometimes. It's going to be some closed doors, some joblessness, all types of crazy shit. But you have to just keep trying to do that
0: shit. If that's what you want to do, don't give it up. Yeah. Whatever your dream is, you got to stick with it. And that's yeah. true about, I think life in general, right, is not going to be one easy straight path. You're going to be take some twists and turns. You're going to take some tumbles. You're going to take some falls. But yeah. just get back up again, keep trying it. Nobody's life, no matter how pretty or picture perfect it looks, it's perfect. And I think we all got struggles, some bigger than others. But as people would say, this ain't the Struggle Olympics. So it ain't yes. about, you know. Who, I haven't heard that <laughs> It ain't about who who suffered more. It's just, you know, each person's path is their own. So,
1: yeah. And don't get caught up on time because that's some shit that I do. Like, i like, it's been six months, three days, and four
2: yeah. hours since I'm a cheater. Yeah you know what, you got to put that shit to bed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, shit takes time like a motherfucker. If I never knew that from,
1: like, growing up, like, shit takes time. You have to pave the fucking way for yourself. You got to lay the framework, the groundwork, whatever. Shit really just takes time. It's not going to be three months and the shit gonna be what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, and, and it seems like, because I swear it feels like I was 14 yesterday um And so it's it's like when you end stuff, it can seem like, oh my God, this is taking forever. But then once you get, you know, you get a little older or whatever, you'll realize, like, man, like people say, enjoy high school, enjoy college because it flies by and it really does. And mm-hmm. I think we should try to keep that mindset in place with every step of our journey. Just enjoy where you are at that moment and just try to make the best out of it because you'll be okay. gone before you know it. And then you'll reach your next let's say, ABC point of success, and then you'll be looking back like, man, now I missed this part of what I had back then. Exactly. Okay, and then before we finish, I wanted to talk about your most important job of all, being a mom, and um, this is Black Maternal Health Week, hashtag Black Maternal Health Week, hashtag Black Mamas Matter, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I just wanted to hear about your birth story, so um, uh-huh. a little tidbit, boo. I am considering having a child, like in the future, of course, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm terrified. Like, I just I feel like I hear so many horror stories about, and maybe because I'm on the internet, but like people dying while giving birth, or yeah. like Serena Williams and uh, the, the near horse the horse. near the near death situations that people have uh, while giving a child. Which, of course, having a child is a very serious thing, and you know. Yeah, to make sure you're under good care and whatnot. But anyway, how was your your birth story? Um, what I will say to
1: that before I start my birth story is that's why a lot of women are choosing to go do midwifery and doulas, a lot of those pages because it seems to be a more safer practice.
0: Midwives and doulas, it's
1: agree with that. Yes, but a lot of the in home and water births and things like that tend to not have all the, you don't tend to have all the issues that you have.
0: In the hospital.
1: hospital. So, um, my birth story I had my daughter in 2011, March 23rd. I carried her for 40 fucking weeks and was miserable. (laughs) Um, I was 21 at the time, so I was a spring chicken, so my body um, carried her pretty well. I didn't have much, I didn't have many issues with carrying her. Um, I had a very supportive partner at the time and uh, we just got through those 10 months. So up until the day that we went into delivery, things were fine. Um, well, let me go back. Four days before that, my mucus plug expelled and all that jazz. So people like what the was that? A mucus plug will expel before waters burst, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And um, I was in life for like four days. Um, I was at home and I was just trying to be a beast and get through it until they told me that, you know, she was, I was dilated to the point where I can go into the hospital because last thing you want to do is just sit in, sit in the hospital and
2: uh, have people poking and shit on you. Mm -hmm. So day four, we went to the uh,
1: to the doctor for an appointment. And it was like, okay, you're 16 of me. Just go home, uh, go to the hospital. Um, I sat there damn near all day on these, with uh, they induced me some more, so they made the contractions worse, and the the labor portion was just hell. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I got preeclampsia out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. My blood pressure shot up. My heart was beating fast, and hers was slowing down. Okay. And I was very scared, but I had so much faith in my doctor. She so happened to be off that day, but we had called her because she was a doula. She was an AKA as well, and she. Uh, she came to work on her day off because I'm like, I'm scared. like I don't know what's going on and I've been healthy and up to this point, Carson's been healthy and now all of a sudden it's declining these nurses don't know shit. It's no doctor in here so she came up there and she wrapped up the show like alright, let's go. She's at where she needs to be. Let me pour my water. You get over here. You get over there um, and you get to pushing and she made sure that I delivered Carson healthy I didn't have to get because my fear was I had to get a c-section and I was just like a few weeks from graduating college so that just wasn't an option
2: for Mm. me.
1: and um she got me to deliver her vaginally and it took me 30 minutes to push her out which is a long time because a lot of people tell you oh I pushed my baby out like in 10-15 minutes but I hadn't eaten or sleep slept really in four to five days so Mm. I was exhausted I was very scared because I had no energy and I was given more energy than what the hell I had, but, um, all in all it worked out. Um, I think having a physician in place that is knowledgeable and know what the hell they're doing is very important. A lot of women, have their babies in hospital where they like. Oh, what's the doctor on call? And then they come down there. They don't have none of your background information. They don't know your ass from Adam. So that's why I say midwifery and doulas make the difference because they have that relationship with you from the beginning to end, mm. and they can, they know the story. And I think that's important. Now you can go into the hospital and have that same You know, that can be your ministry, too, but you got to make sure that you trust your doctor, and it's just not a doctor that's just there for the damn paycheck. My doctor cared about me and my OB nurse. They called me like they was my mama or something. I'd be in class getting a call from them just because they knew that my last appointment, I was feeling whatever. So they just want to check in and make sure that I was okay. And that made all of the difference. So my mama was in Chicago. I was in North Carolina. So I needed somebody that was present and that was there that was going to be like what a mama would be to you in that mm-hmm. um, situation. So that's just the only thing that I recommend. Have a doctor that cares about you or have a midwife that cares and that's going to be with you the whole time. Know your story. Um, You don't want anybody playing around with your pussy
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you having a kid. Because yeah. That's that fuck shit because I know it's happened to multiple women and they can tell you some crazy ass stories about their
2: deliveries yeah. and some other shit that happened to them post having that baby. Yeah. And so,
1: mm. so yeah, that's my cliche, but to just believe in yourself, um, don't give up on things that you you know your dreams or we say dreams, but sometimes it's the simplest a task that you have to complete. Whatever it is, just know not to give up on yourself and don't put yourself on these crazy time limits. Um, you think you got to have stuff done in three months, six yeah. months. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer and don't be ashamed. You know, you look around, don't compare yourself to people, all the simple things. right? Yeah. Some people set up is not like you're and you can't expect that your life is going to go as smoothly as theirs. You know, be able to trust your process and still love and support your friends while they're excelling. And that would be the only you know, that's that's
0: my advice. That's my little tip set. Well that is some great advice, food. Thanks so much for being a guest. Thank um you. I'm gonna have it as social media tags in the show notes. Um thanks so much for listening, guys. Please listen, uh share it with a friend, share, share, share so we can grow the read an MF book community. And yeah. until next time, read an MF book.